Hello everyone, this is Candace, Riffs, Raves, and Reflections from the Road, and also EclecticCoachingWithCandace.com. So if you're interested in personal coaching or a private reading, you can reach out to me there. Um, so, yeah, that's always a part of recording outside or in your car. Um, Lots of people come through and make a lot of noise. Um, so some of these recordings for the episodes will be done at home because I get frustrated when there's different sounds and stuff like that. Um, but I also like to be mobile when I'm creating and on the move and out and about. I find that that really helps inspire creativity and kind of makes me feel like there's forward movement, forward progression. So um, yeah, this podcast uh, episode is going to be about my five favorite futuristic technologies that are coming into the world and that are largely already here and being developed upon. But um, I'm, I'm super excited about it. Of course, I'm, you know, cautious and I feel a little, you know, it's new and it's changing so quickly. It's changing exponentially. Um, so, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, this rapid pace of change that's taking place in the world. Um, but... I think that we really need to individually and collectively look at it with, you know, a healthy balance of optimism and skepticism. I think that, of course, there's going to need to be oversight and laws that are written um, as we are democratizing this technology um, and so that it doesn't get in the hands of the wrong people and they don't misuse it. It sounds really weird, but I feel like I have almost like this past life memory of being in Atlantis and um, creating something and it being misused. Uh, so maybe we'll share, you know, my thoughts on past lives and um, advanced civilizations in another episode. But as far as our advanced civilization is concerned, I'm super excited about these emerging technologies. And one of them is quantum computing, uh, because with quantum computing, uh, normal computing, just to recap, works in regular bits, zeros and ones. But quantum computing can allow us to run algorithms and superposition so it can be both a one and a zero at the same time and we can take some of our classical uh, algorithms that we have and put them into quantum terms and and run mass simulations simultaneously so I mean it's really going to be exciting to see what we're able to do especially I watched this I didn't understand most of it if we're being completely honest uh, a guy giving a lecture on quantum chemistry at Caltech, but what seems just so exciting and so promising about it, and 
is why, you know, the Japanese government is making it a national initiative to expand their quantum computing capabilities um, is because, let's just say they're trying to find a new drug for a particular type of cancer. Instead of having to run the models and the computations and it taking a long time, they're going to be able to run these mass simulations simultaneously and get answers and insights as to what drug would be the most helpful in treating it or in what way. And so we're going to be able to do this with so many different types of things. Um, some of the things that I find interesting, though, I, I mean, and I'm really, I'm excited about robotics. I really, I'm going to invent a machine that basically cleans up after me and cleans everything. I'm so obsessed with this concept. Like, my roommate and other people really get tired of hearing about how badly I want a robot. And I just, I love the idea of, like, a machine just being, you know, around in the house and cleaning constantly so that I never have to. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Cinderella. I really do not like cleaning. I don't enjoy it and I love for things to be spotless and perfectly neat and in their perfect little place. Um, but I'm also kind of like a walking tornado. So, you know, those parts of myself are kind of at odds with each other. Uh, so I really want a personal robot to clean. I just think that cleaning and these gross jobs and all that should be delegated to a, you know, a machine, you know, without conscious, any sort of, any sort of conscious capabilities. Um, I am a little freaked out about um, the Internet of Things. So if you're not familiar with this, uh, the Internet of Things is where we're going to basically, like, you're going to have, like, a smart toaster and a smart um, refrigerator, and it's all going to be hooked up to, you know, the Internet through 5G. And I'm excited about 5G. I think that... Um, it's exciting, but there's, you know, some effects of 5G that we're just learning about, like how it affects our sweat glands and stuff like that. So that's, you know, and, and I think having internet access, I mean, one of the things people might want to keep, you know, in mind is that the internet is the marketplace. And I'm sure you already know that, but, you know, millions and millions of people are going to be brought online because they're basically going to send people free cell phones and free tablets because then they can get online and then buy things. And so people eventually are going, we're going to have free internet and free devices. Um, but in this internet of things, I just, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned of everything being, like, connected to the cloud or connected to this internet thing. I'm excited about what they're doing with Neuralink. I know I said that I was going to do, like, five. I was going to try to focus, but it's really just kind of 
bled off into this other thing. I mean, I'm excited about what Elon Musk is doing with Neuralink in order to keep up with robots. Um, and it's basically like having this tertiary layer that helps you increase your output. Um, but, and there's like this neural lace they're going to be putting on your brain and you're going to be able to turn it on and off. And it's basically like going to be a part of you. We're merging with technology and this transhumanism. And while I find that very exciting, um, I think intuitively something that's coming up is we're going to have some real challenges with uh, disassociation and uh depression and um, uh, oversensitivity because if you are hooked up and wired to the internet first of all we're not even totally sure how all these electromagnetic frequencies are affecting us but if it becomes like a part of your body my concern is you know is the you know, our nervous system fully calibrated to handle that kind of input, that kind of information happening so quickly. Um, and I feel like if you're just going to be able to run this various software, now granted it's in its younger stages of development, but if you're able to just like turn on, you know, in your brain, the ability to speak a different language or the ability to understand these large concepts, but you've never learned them and you have no context for them, I think, and then combining that with, you know, VR, virtual reality and AR, I mean, it's just going to be really interesting trying to decipher what is real versus what isn't real. Um, and it was surprising because I sent my mom a video on futuristic technology and I was not expecting her to be interested in something like that. Um, she's awesome. She's really funny and talented and super creative. And she's not necessarily real nerdy and into tech, but she watched it and she was like, I want a neural lace. I want to get one of those. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, like, I don't know if I want you to get it, like, <laughs> it's going to become like, like, I don't know, like totally different, I would imagine, if she got a neural lace. Um, and I'm excited about it. I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, if we're developing this technology with this awesome capability, you know, that is the singularity, because it's beyond the event horizon and we don't know how it's going to affect us and if robots are and artificial intelligence are going to be so much smarter than us that we can't even fathom how intelligent they are that we literally have to merge with the technology to even keep pace I mean these are just some really interesting times and I'm excited about it don't get me wrong I am you know, I'm a Jupiter and Sag, <laughs> Sag rising. So I am, yeah, I am very optimistic and very, very hopeful about what we're doing. Another thing that I am crazy excited about, um, in addition to getting my own personal robot that cleans my house constantly, 
Because I swear to God, if somebody doesn't build it and build it fast, I'm going to build it. I'm going to, I swear I'm going to build one. I Okay, we're going to get off of that subject. And But my next other favorite technology are vertical grows. I mean, I don't know if you have seen any of the stuff on this. And if you know about it, I would love to hear about it. But instead of deforesting and clearing a whole bunch of land, you know, we can just build vertically and grow plants in optimal environments and really get the most out of the yield and use robots to sort through them. I mean, vertical grows on every single continent, I mean, is what we should be doing. We should be leading the world in solving, you know, our most basic primitive problems. Because, uh, and that's going back to my other point with Neuralink and the dissociation and the depression that I think that people are going to start to kind of experience as they gain more access to more information, um, is that one of the things is that technology is reflecting our consciousness back to us. So it is going to be experienced not only intellectually as an idea, you know, oh yeah, we're all connected, but like there's going to be some palpable physiological, I don't know what the word is, understanding. I don't know what the term would be technically, but we're going to be able to feel it on a very, very real level. And I'm concerned that our spirituality, and when I say that, I mean it in a sort of secular way, our spirituality, our oneness with each other and all of life and our connectivity to the planet and everything that's all around us, because everything at its most fundamental level is energy. If you're going to be experiencing that and knowing that, we can't be having, you know these large swaths of people suffering in the world. We can't be having these primitive problems like hunger and um, there, there's just so much stress on some of our most basic needs. And it's kind of like, high, you know, the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need to cover the baseline, food, water, shelter. Um, and if this is something that you're interested in, how to actually participate in that and some of the most cutting edge uh, leading technologies, companies that are going to be game changers in the future. I would definitely check out Singularity University. They have a platform online um, and it's basically how to make money while you solve, you know, the world's most pressing problems. And, but I think that we really need to address these primitive problems, like I was saying, um, because if we have this, this kind of connectivity, um, I think it's very uncomfortable and painful and disorienting as somebody who is very empathic and can feel like the kind of oneness that we have. Um, it can feel very unsettling and very disorienting and uncomfortable if we have these large groups of people that are suffering on a mass scale. So I think that in order for us to really benefit, and when I say benefit, I mean, 
be more inclined to optimize with our technology and by optimize I mean improve the quality of life for everyone um, then the more we're focused on that optimization the less we're focused on weaponizing this technology which is something I feel like we do not want to do we don't want to not handle it properly, not see it on the horizon, not integrate with it properly and not use it properly and then end up hurting ourselves and there being some sort of conflict and being some sort of temptation to use it. I think if there's a focus and a major momentum on using this technology to optimize the human experience and increase everyone's well-being, then that in and of itself will have this regenerative effect. But if we don't do that, we're going to have major problems um, with the technology that's emerging. Um, and, I f and as the legend goes, and I don't know that much, to be honest, about uh, Atlantis. That's something that like I had read about or, and just thought that was interesting. And I had a weird uh, past life regression around it. And that's another topic for another time. Um, but I feel like that's something that didn't work out so well in Atlantis and it wouldn't work out well in this advanced civilization to forget our oneness and forget about the basics and become so enamored with what we're able to do that we forget that we are working in unison with a larger whole. And when we just kind of go off and use the technology to serve you know, some section of the population's personal interests, as opposed to making it the priority to take care of everyone, then um, people get weird and greedy and the technology, you know, is used as a weapon. But I find that as we become more and more aware of the fact that we are infinitely connected to each other, our karma for the misuse of our thoughts, behaviors, resources on an individual and collective level um, speed up. So we're going to really want to address consciousness and, um, and raising consciousness. And I think that these technologies, you know, that help desalinate water, that uh, these vertical grows that can help us feed people uh, more efficiently and using less water and less resources and less uh, space. And I'm also super excited about solar. I, this is going to, solar is going to be the cheapest form of energy. And if I liked what Peter Diamandis said about this, if you think about it, some of the poorest countries are also some of the sunniest countries. So if we could help some of these vulnerable nations utilize uh, solar technology, uh, maybe they could broker that. And um, so I think that that's really exciting. And I think that these different kinds of solar panels that they're putting on things look really nice. I mean, it seems reasonable that we should be able to slap a solar panel on anything. Um, and I don't know if this is true. They probably already have this, but I think we should start putting solar panels on all kinds of stuff. And then like having a battery that they fill and like just 
collecting the battery. I don't know if that's how it would work, but I just get an image of that and I just find it really interesting. Um, and so those are a few of the technologies that I'm really into. Um, what else? I am really excited uh, about Maybe I'll use that one to dive into another uh, section. Holy shit, it's hot. It's so hot in my car. I need to figure out some sort of other... Okay, so I'm back. I had to go inside. I am just getting rolling with this podcast and so there's going to be a few things, a couple glitches here and there. I will also just let you as the audience know that I'm not particularly interested in <laughs> any sort of post-production editing at all. Like I'll start getting mad and when I start to get mad my computer equipment freaks out so kind of just gonna have to freestyle and that means that I might have some verbal tics like saying and over and over and over again or you know <laughs> it's just kind of a way to propel the the conversation forward but I also realize that as a listener that's not always the funnest thing to hear over and over so I'm working on it uh, but back to exponential technologies and my favorite ones. Another one that I'm super excited about, I know I said five things, uh, but that was just to segue me into this whole broad topic that I'm super interested in and that I try to talk to other people about and they do not seem interested. <laughs> and I think I need to move and we'll save that for another uh, podcast episode as well. So my favorite other technology is bioengineering meat and this is especially poignant to me right now because I had a friend and he did lambing so that's where they help the lambs be born on in like a stockyard or whatever and I got to go and see these cute baby lambs just after they were born and it's like what Eckhart Tolle says that babies still have like this glow of heaven. And they were so cute, these like precious little lambs. And the unfortunate thing about it though is that it's a business and they want high production and they have to inject the mother with oxytocin, which is like the pleasure connecting chemical you know that we all have uh, and they have to inject the mother with this oxytocin because otherwise it will like kill itself by starving itself by refusing to eat or just staying outside and not going inside in the barn with the other sheep and that made me so sad and it was so cute and what's so exciting and that just brings me a lot of joy and happiness about that because not only do these huge stockyards produce a ton of 
I think methane gas and and contribute to global warming but they also take like a lot of water and there's you know other things inside of it that's not always healthy but I like to be able to have a juicy steak without a moral dilemma you know like I don't like I know what happens but I can't watch that stuff that will like definitely like mess me up but I'm excited because they're taking the stem cells from these actual cows so think about it you know the the picture that they're trying to paint is this happy cow on this green hill in the sun just hanging out and eating grass but that's usually now around here there are a few of them but by and large that's not the industry and it will be because we're going to want to source these stem cells to grow the meat from happy cows like happy cows that are in the sun so this painting of the cows that isn't an actual reality yet is going to be a reality because you're going to want to be ingesting um, animal byproducts that come from animals that have happy hormones and that are healthy. I mean, it does kind of creep me out, like, because I think that eventually we're going to be regrowing our organs. But kind of like in those sci-fi movies, like, I don't like the image of, like, a whole cow growing in some sort of embryonic sac or something. I like the idea of it like growing in separate parts in like a petri dish but it being exactly the same as meat. Now I don't know if that's how it grows up or if you can even do that but last I heard about it in this particular industry they were just they were very trans, um, transparent about their company and what they did um, and their mission but they said that they were working on optimizing that embryonic fluid to grow it in and they've already created meat out of these stem cells and the more they do it the cheaper it's going to become for everyone and then the more you buy it and then you know it's less expensive overhead wise so eventually the entire industry will eventually turn because it will just make more sense to grow the meat in the lab and forego all the other problems you know or components or pieces and we're going to be eating like protein and having a lot of different options in a way that is like environmentally sustainable so I'm really excited about that and I just think that these animals are so cute and to think that they're not going to you're not going to be eating an animal that is like has hormones of fear you know or discomfort and we don't even know how to what degree everything we eat everything we see everything we do affects us we just don't know so i'm really looking forward to that and, and i won't lie like it does freak me out too there are components of this I think we have to have like a balanced optimism with a healthy sense of responsibility and like prudence you know and oversight and I think we need regulations I mean as this becomes more democratized and more people are able to participate 
there needs to be some sort of way that we're looking at that. And, um, yeah, so bioengineering is really cool. And they're doing a lot of genetic engineering. That's something I'm excited about, but for some reason I haven't done a ton of research on the genetic engineering and the CRISPR and that sort of thing um, just yet. So maybe that's something I can do more research on and do another episode about. But then the next thing is VR and AR. Oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. This is, we're going to walk around with these glasses, and we already are, that superimposes a digital layer into our existing physical reality. I mean, the first, the first to get a hold of this is always industry, though. The same with the internet, you know. So there's going to be all these companies that sell furniture and have, like, a digital overlay of their furniture, their car, or whatever. And it's going to be like seeing it, but not actually having to have that item physically present. And there are so many things I want to build and create in virtual and augmented reality. I mean, this is going to be a game changer in how we educate ourselves, how we consume information, where we meet people, quote unquote. You know, like we're going to meet people in virtual spaces that don't have limits. I mean, think about like if you have a team that meets in a virtual space and has access to all these uh, resources, these digital software like resources, and it's going to look so real. Think of the things that we're going to be able to create, the models of knowledge that we're going to be able to meet together and piece together and how much just in terms of how you could visualize and I mean visualize like using computer visualization these bodies of knowledge and bodies of intelligence I just get so many ideas for all the things I want to create in virtual and augmented reality. But it is going to be a little scary because we aren't going to necessarily have the easiest time differentiating what is real and what is not real. I mean, it's already freaking us out that we're not sure what is real news, what is fake news. And it's from here on out, I think what's really, I'm going to take a deep breath, was really um, being shown to us and expressed is that um, is that you create your own reality. That this is, in fact, a simulation. And when you think about things and you speak about things, they start to show up more frequently in your environment. And I think in the future, I was reading about this, we're going to be able to share actual emotions with other people. And I think with that kind of power, we have to have this kind of responsibility, which brings me back to my previous point about how we're going to have to optimize the human experience. Otherwise, we're going to freak out and then be tempted to weaponize our technology. So, I mean, <laughs> I just think it's, it's crazy. And, and how many things that we're going to be able to build and do 
And my next favorite thing that I am super, super excited about is the future of recycling. We're going to use robots to recycle everything. Do the dirty work, clean it up, get it situated. I think that we really need to look at all the stuff that we've already produced and how we can rethink, reuse, reinvent, uh, reutilize all of it. And while we're not quite there yet, soon enough we will be doing major, huge manufacturing in space. I can't remember what it's called, but there's some sort of chemical that's produced or not produced, something that happens in space that gives it an advantage when manufacturing in space. Uh, but that's so exciting. We're going to be an interplanetary species and we're going to be able to, I think, clean up this planet. I think we're going to be able to completely restore, revitalize, uh, rejuvenate our whole planet. I think that we can use our increasing computational power and creativity and ability to connect with each other and I just think the future is going to be awesome. I, I mean, and, and then my next favorite thing, oh my God, 3D printing. You know, we're going to be doing this 3D printing in space and that is just the things that we're going to be able to build. Like I occasionally get these visual images of the types of buildings and the infrastructure that we could make and how beautiful and how clean and pristine everything could be restored to and created. And um, it's thrilling. And, and I saw a documentary where a guy printed a house in two hours. And I just read an article about somebody being able to print, do a 3D print of a heart using uh, organic or biological genetic material. So I don't like, back to my other point about the sci-fi movies, I don't like it, the idea of like there being another physical avatar of me for some reason and like just a new and uh, like I would rather that things be grown if they if we are going to be growing stem cells be grown separately in like separate body parts <laughs> or something. I don't know. Maybe that's a little too far out there, but I just think if we can do it, we're going to do it. And it's a conversation that can be had, but I think it's very, very faith building. And I don't know, faith build. No, faith building is not the word, but hopeful because I think about my parents and I think, you know, they're still in pretty good shape and if they just hang in there, they don't have to age the way their grandparents and, or even their parents aged at all. Like if they could just hang in there, <laughs> there's going to be just so many advancements in uh, technology and in surgery and what we're able to do that I just, I... I'm really happy and I'm really happy for myself <laughs> that I, I work around a lot of senior citizens and 
I try to tell them about technology. They do not seem interested at all. Um, their eyes kind of glaze over a little bit, but I get all excited. But I just want to like tell somebody, just hang in there a little bit, like another decade, take really good care of yourself because what we're going to be able to do <laughs> to restore and revitalize our own body. Um, something interesting happened. Uranus went was in Aries and went into Taurus, which represents what we value, our physical body, um, even our skin and stuff like that. And I just think the medical advancements to rejuvenate and all the cosmetic surgeries that are going to be available are just, that's so cool. <laughs> it's kind of like the fountain of youth. I mean, in a way, if you take really good care of yourself, they're finding that there's ways to repair your cells and completely, completely bring it back. So I just think that's great. Uh, I sent a friend of mine uh, a video. I think it was, I can't remember if it was the cover of MIT Review or something like that, but it was about um, how aging is over. <laughs> I just sent him it for his birthday because we get blue and a little depressed about getting older, some of us sometimes. And it's like, oh, don't even sweat it because there's going to be so many options in the future. So I choose to be excited and happy about the future. I think it's all in the way you frame it. Um, oh, oh, this one last thing, and then I'll wrap up the show or this episode anyway, uh, that I am crazy excited about is I want a flying car in addition to a robot like the Jetsons, but I want a flying car and they have that. They're these autonomous solar powered flying vehicles. And I saw it on Bloomberg Tech, Kitty Hawk. So fucking cool. I want like a flying car so bad. <laughs> I don't know when that's gonna happen, but it should happen. And a lot of people talk about how dangerous it is because things can fly off the car, but I don't care. I want one. I want one so bad. And so, let me know in the comments what you think. What are some of your favorite exponential technologies that are coming to pass? And what do you think about it? Are you excited? Are you freaked out? I'd love to get your thoughts and ideas. And stay tuned for my next episode, which I think will be about um, books that I absolutely love. And that's why I carry them around with me. That's my next topic. Okay, talk to you soon. And if you're interested in personal coaching, visit me at eclecticcoachingwithcandice.com. I also do individual intuitive readings. Okay, talk to you soon.